here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor Marcus Mosher. Welcome to the show. Always enjoy these football chats with Marcus each week. And to our listeners, you can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts right on your phone. So if you haven't yet, subscribe for us and uh, leave a review if you could. We uh, appreciate you. And Marcus, this feels like a turning point kind of result for the Raiders, in my opinion, and not the good kind, right? Because I just think the Raiders, they took a major step back on Sunday night while the Chiefs just took a huge step forward. Like, wasn't that kind of like a vintage Andy Reid Patrick Mahomes kind of game where they're kind of toying with you on the at the end of the game. Mahomes goes off 400 yards, throws a couple of Tyreek Hill touchdowns, but also he's throwing touchdowns to Daryl Williams, Byron Pringle, Noah Gray. So I just felt like the Chiefs got back to kind of being themselves. All of a sudden, they're back on top of the AFC West and uh, the Raiders. You know, if the season ended today, they're no longer in the playoffs. So one team's going one way, the other's going the other. You know, and it's it's the wrong kind of way. Yeah, I mean, you look at the final score, 41-14, to 14, and obviously it looks like a blowout. It was. But this game was a lot closer for a long time than what people maybe remember. It was 17-14, you know, going into you know midway part of the third quarter. The Chiefs had a long touchdown drive that was 13 plays to put them up 24-14. And then Deshaun Jackson has a long pass where you think he's going to walk into the end zone and make this, you know, a three-point game. And he fumbles, and that's basically the end of the game. So, yes, they lost. Yes, they didn't look good. But the game was not as far out of his reach as as many people might have expected. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson. Did he just go the wrong way, Marcus? Like, what the hell was Deshaun Jackson doing? Like, he just – something happened after he caught the ball. He, like, panicked or something. I don't know if he was turned around and he wasn't sure where to go or if he thought that Matthew wasn't going to come up – or, excuse me, Fenton wasn't even close to him. I don't know. It was a, it was a very strange play. It was like a glitch in the matrix there. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, and uh, that was the turning point in the game. You're right. It was it was right there. The Ra- if the Raiders score, it's a three point football game in the second half. Yep. Uh, but that was just man. It just it was a mistake by Jackson, obviously. But it's just like, isn't that kind of a soft play? Like maybe that's not fair to say, but I just feel like Jackson's always been. The, I'm not a huge Jackson fan personally. Like. He's electric when he catches the ball behind the defense, Marcus, and can run. Yep. Does he, like, I don't know, is he a huge threat when defenders are near him, like kind of like last night? Like a defender's around him, and he's like, ah, and he, like, loses the ball, right? Like, does he make contested catches? Like, I've always known of Deshaun Jackson. His stat lines, to me, are always, like, three targets for no catches or three targets for one catch, 75 yards and a touchdown, right? Like, that's kind of right. – I've never been a huge fan of the player. Man, that was just a soft play in a huge spot, and it's so disappointing. It was disappointing, but I, I do think he's the type of player that the Raiders have needed for a while. So uh, we'll see. I think it's going to get better. Obviously, it's not fair to judge him just based off one game, but I, I do think he's going to be an important player for this team going forward. No, I do. I do overreact to one to one catch, one play, Marcus. <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind over now. I'm going to lose my mind, especially when I have money on the Raiders. But that's just yeah. uh, that's a story for another day. And we, we, get, we'll get to that part here in a little bit. Um, you posted Derek Carr's passing chart as you do, you know, on Twitter and on Raiders Wire, and this is a fascinating little chart. It kind of t- tells the whole story of the game, right? Because Carr, twenty-five for thirty-five, two hundred fifty-one yards, couple touchdowns, one pick. 
doesn't seem terrible when you look at the box score, right? But of those 25 completions, eight of them caught behind the line of scrimmage, mm. Marcus, and 19 of those were about five yards away, right? So really right. short completions. And then I had to count them up on your chart. 11 of those short 19 completions were like right on the right side, right? So for some reason, right. Derek Carr left all of his completions. It's just a big pile of green dots on your passing chart right there on the right side, right at the line of scrimmage. So while Carr did hit some deep balls, that one to Jackson that went the wrong way, and then that great touchdown pass to Brian Edwards, which might have been his best throw of the year. Oh, easily. Uh, yeah. there was, it was all short, right? It was all short around the line of scrimmage in that like attack mode Raiders offense that we've seen. We didn't see it in this game. Yeah, so a couple of different things happened in this one. First and foremost, the, the Raiders offensive line just got their butts whipped. Yeah. I mean, the, the Chiefs pass rush was just dominant in this game, and that forced Derek Carr to get rid of the ball. But the Chiefs also played this umbrella defense, which basically forced Carr to throw the ball underneath. Uh, it's very similar to what the, the to what the, everybody else has been doing against the Chiefs over the last couple months. So it took away a lot of the big plays. Uh, it just got the, the Raiders out of their rhythm, and it's why they struggled so much on offense, especially in the first half. I do got to give the Chiefs defense a little bit of love because I always rip the Chiefs for their terrible defense, Marcus, but they have mm-hmm. they have been getting after the passer in their last couple of games, right? This is not like an anomaly. They've been getting after right. the passer, and they've held now three straight opponents of 17 points or fewer. So the Chiefs are kind of steadying this. I don't know if it's Melvin, add Melvin Ingram, right? Add him and all your defensive issues are figured out like they were saying on the broadcast. I don't know if that's it, but the Chiefs are playing better defensively. But I'm looking at the Raiders' defense, and I'm like, oh, man, that was this was a tough performance, right? Yeah. Max Crosby, yeah. he had 13 pressures, but Mahomes was not nearly as uncomfortable as he has looked in recent weeks, and the Raiders needed him to be, right? He, they, right. The Chiefs racked up 516 yards, and they were 9 for that's... 15 on third down. And why couldn't the Raiders replicate what these other teams were doing to the Chiefs, right? Was it just like the safety play wasn't good enough, Marcus? Like, what would you see? Why weren't the Raiders able to – do that, you know, the Chiefs figured out, maybe we should just do what everyone's doing to us and maybe we'll win a game, right? Why couldn't the Raiders pull that off? Yeah, so let's talk about the good. Uh, Max Crosby was incredible in this game. 13 pressures and 11 hurries. This is the third game of of the season where he's had at least 12 pressures. Uh, Nobody in the NFL has had even a single game with more than 12 pressures, Uh, but Max Crosby's been unbelievable. It was the linebackers and the safeties. Like, the Chiefs just made an effort to throw the ball against Jonathan Abram, against Corey Littleton, K.J. Wright, over and over again, and make those guys tackle in space. And they had success doing that all game long. And uh, we know Nate Hobbs, the rookie cornerback, has been playing well. Casey Hayward's been playing really well all season long. It's just your secondary and your linebacker core is only as good as your weakest player. And unfortunately, the Raiders have a couple weak spots there. And the Chiefs exposed him. I, I thought you were going to bring up uh, uh, Abram. I thought you were just going to bring up his name. I was waiting for it to come right, I, I up mean, your, uh, right listen, up your lips there. We talk about, well, <laughs> we joked last week about which first-round pick of the Raiders going to cut this week. Yeah. Uh, man, I, I, Abram, he's got to be a little bit nervous because, my goodness, he, this is the second straight game against the Chiefs where he's been absolutely dreadful and has cost him the game, and uh, it's becoming a concerning trend. That was nice of you, Marcus, not to mention him. You made me bring him up, so that was good. You, you, you weren't going to go there. I, I, love I that. tried to be nice. Yeah, you're, you're very nice this week. Uh, but it's a tough spot for the Raiders. They've lost a couple in a row. Their playoff chances take a major hit. Derek Carr doesn't think they're done. Does Marcus? Does Marcus think the Raiders are done? He has a take, and we'll do that right after this. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. 
Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number 11. Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts versus the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans' weakness is its pass defense, and while we've seen somewhat of a transformation by the Eagles into a power running team all of a sudden, expect a return to the aerial game as the primary source of attack. New Orleans ranks as the third worst defense against quarterbacks in the last five weeks. More recently, in the last three games, this unit has given up 47.6% more fantasy points per game than the league average. Both of the rushing scores by quarterbacks against the Saints have come in the most recent two contests, and it never hurts to have Jalen's legs as a bonus. Tennessee Titans running back Deontay Foreman against the Houston Texans. Houston is one of three teams that has allowed more than 1,000 rushing yards so far, and they've done so in only nine games played. Also, this unit has given up the second most rushing yards in that time on a per-game basis. Six touchdowns have been scored in the last four games against this group, and one in every 20.6 rushing attempts has found the end zone for the sixth highest rate. While Foreman will share some touches in the backfield, he has potential for a touchdown and should be good for close to 70 total yards. Not too bad for a flex spot. An even better play should come from wide receiver T. Higgins, Cincinnati Bengals at Las Vegas Raiders. Higgins has scored 13 PPR points and change in each of the last three games, but he remains scoreless in five appearances since week two. The Raiders have been mired by injuries and personnel woes of late, going from being one of the stronger defenses of the position on the year to giving up six of seven total touchdowns to wide receivers in the last four games alone. Coming out of the bye, Higgins is due for a touchdown. New Orleans Saints tight end Adam Troutman at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eight different tight ends have scored 10 plus PPR points points on the year versus Philadelphia, and all but one happened in the last five weeks. Five of those eight touchdowns have come in the last six games, and this is among the best possible matchups for the week. In the last three games, Troutman has been targeted at least five times in each contest, and he's finally starting to show the signs of life that made him an early offseason sleeper prior to being derailed by an injury. He's a flyer for a touchdown and could be a hot DFS play. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. I, just, I think we're just a better team, honestly. Uh, we got better players, uh, you know. Um, now that doesn't result in wins. You know, I've been on teams that are really talented that that, that underperformed, um, you know. So uh, I just really believe in our group. Close, it's a close group, you know. Football, you gotta be tight. You gotta do it together. Um, the things that we messed up today, I mean, it's so so correctable, you know. Um, you know. I think that's what gives me, you know, like, oh, yeah, we could do it. It wasn't like we just got outmanned. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to describe it that way. Um, you know, I, I, I really believe that, you know, um, that this group is just different. It's just being around them. I'm, I'm around them every day. It's just a different group. All right, Marcus, there's Derek Carr uh, talking after the game. And when he says, I think we're a different team, I think we have better players, he's talking about compared to past Raiders teams. When the question mm. was, do you think that it's going to happen again, that you're going to have a nice start and that you're going to, you know, just it's all going to just fall apart at the end of the season like we see. Like Raiders, would, Raiders fans would tell you, happens every single year, right? This is what we see every single year. And here we go. The Raiders have now plummeted. I think they're at the number five seed coming in. And now they are outside of the playoff picture at number nine, thanks to this loss to the Chiefs. The Chargers and Broncos both drop winnable games too, right? So now they, they missed an opportunity. 
So it's easy to think that all hope is lost for the Raiders, that they're going the wrong direction, Marcus, that they're not going to be able to overcome Gruden, Ruggs, Arnett, all of this crap going on. But what do you think about their chance? Are they, are they done or do you think they're still alive in this hunt? Oh, I absolutely think they're still alive here for a bunch of different reasons. The AFC is not good, Ryan, other than your Patriots. Who we can <laughs> seriously, talk about. seriously. Uh, it's, it's not good. And anybody can beat anybody. Anybody can lose to anybody as we saw this week with the Steelers tying the Detroit lions. But, you know, you get a win this week against the Bengals and you're at six and four and, you know, you're right back into the playoff. We've got a lot of, you know, games this week against teams that are vying for playoff spots between the Steelers and Chargers and the Bengals and Raiders. And we've got the uh, the Bills and Colts. So as long as the Raiders can kind of stay above 500 and win the games they're supposed to. Yeah, I do think they're going to be ready to the thick of things. So you're coming up on a, on a really fun stretch, and it starts this week with this Bengals game at home, which I think is kind of a coin flipper. We're going to talk about that a little bit here coming up. It's going to be a fun game, right? Like going up against mm-hmm. Joe Burrow and that downfield passing attack, it's, it's not going to be easy. That's a tough game. No. And then after that, Marcus, short turnaround, they got to head to Dallas to play your Cowboys on Thanksgiving, <laughs> and they're going to be like a touchdown underdog in that game. Right? Like that's going to be – You think real, so? I think so. I, they're, that's a tough spot, I think. Going to Dallas – if I was still alive in my survivor pool, right, and I'm not, thanks, Bills, losing to the Jaguars, <laughs> but I was actually going to pick the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. There's, If you look at Week 12, there's just no – every matchup is really close. It's, like, really hard to find the, the highest the favorite. I think Dallas might be the highest favorite that week. It's crazy, but we'll get there. I, I mean, the Cowboys have been an awful Thanksgiving team. Oh, I mean, absolutely atrocious. I think their their point differential is like minus 100 over the last a decade. So, <laughs> All right, so that, that's not something I took into account. But, I mean, it's a winnable game for the Raiders. Like, they've got the pass rushers to match up against Dallas. They've got corners that can cover some of their guys. I think it's, it's not a game they, they should get blown out in, but yeah, I, I just I think the Raiders have it's a difficult schedule coming up, but it's not impossible. Like you beat the Broncos, you beat the Chargers, who are super, you know you know completely slumping right now, and you are right back in things. Now that was, that was spoken like a true Cowboys fan, given the given the Raiders a chance. <laughs> but so so after Thanksgiving, you come home to play a Washington team, right? That just picked off Tampa Bay, and then you got to go to Kansas City. So I think these next four games, including this tight turnaround. You know, tough, interesting game against the Bengals, and then going to Dallas, short week, tough spot. I think you gotta you gotta go two and two, right? If you don't go two and two yes. over these four games, I think you're done. Well, here's the thing: if you go two and two, and you're sitting at what would that be, seven and six, right? Going into the last stretch of the season, you're going to be right. You know, you might even be a playoff team at that point because I don't trust any of these teams. Do you trust the Steelers right now, Ryan? No. Do you trust the no. Char- Do you trust the Chargers? Nope. Do you trust the Bengals? No. No, I, that's that's what I'm saying. So even if you go two and two, you're going to be just fine. You know how I feel about the Ravens? They lose to the Dolphins, right? Like this two week stretch, Marcus, in the NFL. Have you ever? I know you've been covering this for a while. Have you ever seen anything like this? Like last week was like Armageddon, like teams just falling, you know, upsets all over the place. This mm-hmm. week we have Ravens losing to the Dolphins, Bucks losing to the Washington football team. The Steelers tie the Lions, which is as good as a loss. Yeah. And then yep. the Panthers rock the Cardinals and Cam Newton's return, right? Like just, just crazy stuff going on. Have you ever seen anything like it? And who, what AFC team do you trust right now? Like what AFC team would you, would you put your money on right now? Other than your Patriots? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I That's mean, where I'm going. I, I don't, I mean. Or the Bills. I, it's the Bills of the Pats. I will say the Titans give me like some early 
like 2000 Patriots fives because they're not super talented, uh, but they're just really tough. They play smart football, but the truth is I don't trust any of them. It's probably Buffalo, probably the one I trust the most, but my goodness, I, I don't feel great about that. I, I should give the Titans more credit than I do. I never want to give them any credit. But you learn a lot. You learn a lot about the team about the way they pick themselves off the mat after a bad loss, and they pick themselves up after that Jets loss, right? And they really they, have responded. Their defensive line uh, has been unbelievable in the last month. That's the reason they're having success. I, I think they're going to be able to bully a lot of these teams as we get into December and January, even if they don't have Derrick Henry. So I think it's a, a good team to to keep an eye on. Okay, so unlike Marcus, I don't love the Raiders going to Dallas on Thanksgiving. I, I, think, okay. I think that's a tough spot. And I don't love them going to Kansas City, which means you got to win against Cincinnati. You got to win against Washington to kind of stick in the race here. And this game against Cincinnati is really fun. I think it's a pick 'em. I think it's a coin flip. And uh, Marcus and I will kind of break that thing down coming up next. This is the typical sports book minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slipping Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Sunday night football game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Los Angeles Chargers. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Chargers laying five and a half. Money lines plus 200 for the Steelers, minus 250 for the LA Chargers. And the total is sitting at 46 and a half. I'm taking the underdog Steelers at plus five and a half. Um, the Steelers have a huge edge in coaching matchup between Mike Tomlin and Brandon Staley. They're much better on third down and red z- and in the red zone. The Chargers have a negative differential in third down and red zone conversion rate. Also, if you blindly fade the more popular side, which is the Chargers, you win 63% of your primetime games this season. Nate, how are you looking at this game? I'm going with the under 46.5. The Chargers by far have the worst rush defense in the league. Pittsburgh is 25th in opponent's rushing yards per game. It's going to be a lot of running, a lot of killing the clock, especially if we don't know Big Ben's status. I'm going with the under. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Marcus, Bengals are coming off a bye week. I thought this is, you know, my gut is like this is kind of like a pick em kind of game. Bengals mm-hmm. at Raiders. I think they're, you look at the schedules, the teams they've played, the wins they have, really, really similar, these two teams. But on typical right now, the Bengals are actually favored. Maybe it was because of uh, you know, recency bias after that Sunday night debacle yep. where the Raiders got smoked yep. at home, gave up 41. But Bengals, one and a half point favorites going to Vegas. I don't know. That, so the Raiders getting points at home again. I, have I learned my lesson now, Marcus? Because I bet on the Raiders to beat the Chiefs. I took the two and a half points against the Chiefs, and that thing backfired. Listen, we tried to talk you out of that, but um, <laughs> this is a good time to make your money back and double down on the Raiders. I think this is a game the Raiders are going to win for a couple different reasons. The Raiders' pass rush is still really good. Like Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby are probably going to have 20 combined pressures in this game against uh, against Joe Burrow in that offensive line because Cincinnati's offensive line is terrible. And the Raiders, I think, are going to be able to throw the ball across the middle of the field. The linebackers for Cincinnati aren't very good. I love the Raiders in this kind of desperation you know, spot here at home. 
I think the Raiders are going to get a win. Is Allegiant Stadium an advantage for the Raiders yet, Marcus? Because they're only three and two at home now this season. I always want to give them credit for being home, but they're only three and two. I think it's an advantage. It's still hard to play there. They played some good teams at home, but I just, I still think they're going to have an advantage. There. I think it'd be more of an advantage if you just rip the roof off and play in a hundred degree heat. Like, let's go. Like, let's, yeah, you know, let's, let's get a real advantage there. But, uh, okay. Well, I think the thing is the Raider or the, the Raiders want people to come to their stadium. I don't know if <laughs> exactly. anybody's going to come sit in the, <laughs> sit in the 110 degree dry heat there in Las Vegas. No, believe me. I went to a wedding in Vegas outdoors once and I, uh, I, I didn't think I was going to make it out alive. Uh, yep. so it was more sweat than I've ever had. Just sitting, just sitting there. Yeah. Um, no, that was a joke. Uh, here, here's a play that I actually am thinking about making, Marcus, but not until you approve it. Did you? You told me not to bet the Raiders last week. I don't remember that. I have to go back and listen to last week's episode. I don't know. Let's just pretend that did. Okay, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's the play I want to make. The total. I want to go over forty nine and a half because both of these two teams here, mm-hmm. Raiders and Bengals, they're on two game losing skids. Here's my rationale. Ready? They're both on two-game losing skids. The Raiders have given up 64 points, thanks to that Chiefs game, but they've given up 64 points during their skid. The Bengals have given up 75 during their theirs, including, like, what, 34 of the Jets or something? So, yeah. Yeah. And these are still, like, top-10 scoring offenses in the conference, in the AFC. These are two of the higher-scoring teams. So if the total stays under 50 and the defenses aren't really playing their best football right now, maybe I stay away from taking the points with the Raiders at home again, which I lost last week. And I bet the over because I think some points could get scored in this game. I, I, I say I like the under here. I think this is going to be a really physical, fast game. I think both teams know the importance of it. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see some clunky football early. On. If we get a first half, it's like 10 to 7. And I, I do think points come in bunches. I think we could see some big plays. I just, with both offensive lines struggling so much this year, I do worry about the quarterbacks in this game a little bit. That's why I would be more likely to take the under. Now I have to think about it, Marcus. <laughs> but if they're going to give me I – mean, Deshaun Jackson's going to run into the end zone when he catches a deep pass. He can't turn around and well, run into he the might, defender. He might drop it at the one-yard line now, but so. <laughs> I like this is a nice – this is you know more positive than I thought we would be, Marcus, coming off that, that tough loss to the Chiefs. You, you haven't lost hope. You haven't lost faith in the Raiders. I love that. It's not that I haven't lost. Yeah, it's not that I haven't lost faith in the Raiders. I just watched the AFC all weekend and (laughs) realized that it's you have no idea, right? As long as you are just five and four, even if you're four or five, you're in the hunt in the AFC. So I'll tell you, let's not panic yet. You know how I feel about the Ravens. So nobody enjoyed them. Not like I don't. I think they're still trying to get a first down against the uh, Dolphins. They could not figure out a way to get a first down. It was hilarious. Here's my question, Ryan. We right now the the Denver Broncos are the twelfth team in the AFC, and they are five and five. Uh, how long are we going to have, you know, 11, 12 teams that are still in the hunt, you know, going into the season? Like, are we going to get to like week 16 and we're going to see the graphic on CBS of <laughs> here's all the teams in the hunt and it's basically just the entire AFC? Probably, probably. probably. But, but you got teams like the Broncos that are just frauds. There's not there. Like you can't you win against Dallas. You talk all that smack Vic Fangio after the game and then you lose to Philly. Right. Like, I mean, at home in a game you had to... Listen, I agree with you. I'm just saying the AFC is an absolute mess this yeah, year. Yeah, it, it's a mess. And uh, for that reason alone, the Raiders are still alive. Yes. Because <laughs> another way, uh, you know, in, in a different season, well, we might be saying this is all going downhill again. And here's the thing, right? Like, if they lose to the Bengals on Sunday, they're still not out of it. Like, they're <laughs> still going to be in this thing. It's, it's so weird. It's well, a crazy year. Well, the best part is that we get to talk about Raiders-Cowboys next week, no matter what. 
Thanksgiving. Like, yes, Marcus already likes the Raiders. I don't, so we can kind of we can kind of do that thing. You're a Cowboys fan, so we'll have to talk a little bit about the ideal Thanksgiving meal, like what you should have on the table, That'd what sides are the best to pair with it. Yeah, yeah we'll I talk. Love that. We'll talk about all the Thanksgiving things. Yeah, it sounds perfect for Marcus. I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. We will catch you next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.